Thank you for listening to the Sage Aging Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Polk Elder Care Guide, your guide to all things senior care and resources. Available in both English and Spanish, you can find the guide at polkeldercare.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Sage Aging Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Craven. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. I'm really glad you're here. In this podcast, we'll introduce you to experts in the field of aging who'll provide you with the information you need to make daily life easier. Like all of you, I was a family caregiver myself, and as a publisher of a senior resource guide, I understand how hard it is to come by good information, and I know that sometimes you just need to hear that everything will be okay. Our weekly conversations with industry professionals will leave you feeling confident that you're not alone and empowered to celebrate and enjoy the aging and caregiving journey. Are you ready? Hit subscribe now. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Sage Aging Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Craven. Did you know that approximately 43.5 million U.S. family caregivers are providing unpaid care to an adult or child? About 34.2 million of those caregivers provide care to an adult age 50 or older. Many times, becoming a caregiver is a completely unexpected turn of events that people are really grossly unprepared for, physically, mentally, and logistically. So you're suddenly a caregiver. What now? Where do you begin? How do you balance your life? Where do you find support? You feel like you need a lifeline. My guest today is Suzanne White, the caregiver warrior. Suzanne, like many of you, has faced the challenge of being suddenly a caregiver with her parents many years ago when her father, who was caregiving for her mother at the time, became ill. So began the journey. Now, Suzanne shares her experiences and all that she's learned with others who are traveling the same journey. She has a wonderful blog and is authoring a book that she is hoping to release by the end of the year. To learn more about Suzanne and all that she does, be sure to check the links section of the show notes for this episode, which can be found in the blog post for episode 15 at sageaging.us. Welcome to the show, Suzanne. Thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I just love everything that you do. And together, we're trying to get the word out for caregivers all over the world. Absolutely. Being a caregiver is something that I don't know that you can really prepare for that. Hmm. It's a very taxing and emotional journey, but also one of the greatest privileges that you can have to be able to serve somebody you love in that way. Absolutely. And I, I love that you you get that and that you feel that because it is, it's an honor. You know, it's an absolute honor to care for people. And 
I think so many caregivers, so many of us don't, and that's the thing that's just so amazing about caregivers in general, is that we just sort of jump in. <laughs> you know, it's not something that we debate. <laughs> we, you know, it's like, mm, should I caregive or should I not caregive? Oh, gee, I don't know. No, it's just, we just say, here we go. And, you know, along the way, we find out that, you know, it's just such an honor and it's probably the greatest thing we could possibly ever do in our lives. That is so the truth. You know, when my father-in-law was caring for my mother-in-law, when she had cancer and he used to every single day hold her hand and tell her that she was his queen and that it was his honor and privilege to care for her. And he told her that every day and what an amazing teacher he was to us, you know, and the best part about that story is that in the end we did the same for him. Mm. And it was just such a beautiful thing to be able to look to his example and how he cared for her when we cared for him. And and learn from that. You know, I had such a beautiful story and, and he reminds me of my dad with my mom. Um, and I also had someone, I was lucky enough to put together this great team. Uh, my parents had a wonderful friend um, and he was my friend and his nickname was Buddy and it was so perfect. And he always said to me, you know, Suzanne, when you care for someone, someone will always show up and care for you. Cause that's how the Aww. angel, that's how the angels work. You know, that's how it works. And I think, you know, I believe that, you know, I believe that that's true because it's, re it's really a blessed experience, you know, and I think these people, caregivers are really extraordinary people and just the power of example. My dad was very similar to that story and that he just loved my mom. My dad had open heart surgery at 87 because he wow. wanted to stick around to take care of my mother. Oh, goodness. Well, let's let's go back. I want to hear your story. Tell us all about how you found yourself in the caregiver's shoes. How I found myself in the caregiver, my, in my caregiver journey. You know, like so many of us, you know, my parents kind of, as they got older and my mom started, you know, getting into the throes of dementia, they hid it for quite some time. I mean, they worked together. They were a team for years. They were married 60 years. You know, they were a real big team together. And they kind of hid it from us that how my mom was sort of slipping into dementia. And we all were joining together. My sister lived in Florida. We all went there for the holidays. Uh, my sister and I would fly my parents down every year and we would all kind of gather down there. Um, my parents and I were on the East Coast. And one year, you know, I got a phone call from my sister and my parents were scheduled um, to arrive, you know, around four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And I got a phone call from my sister and said, oh, my God, they just took dad off the plane in a wheelchair. I was like, what? And she goes, I know. Oh, my God, I'm at urgent care right now. And, you know, my dad was a World War II bombardier pilot. I mean, you know, six foot tall really, you know, stayed hero-like, great guy, easygoing, nothing ever phased him, and really strong. I mean, so the fact that he was taken off the plane because he was so sick and exhausted just completely freaked us out. And we came to find out that he had walking pneumonia. He had some heart issues. And as he was sort of recuperating in my sister's house, you know, they said, give him a lot of, get him a lot of rest. Well, he didn't, they had to tell us that because he was like out for the count getting rest. We noticed how confused and upset my mom and agitated she was and how she was repeating herself. Mm. 
So at that point, you know, I was sort of, you know, kind of reading the room and I said to my dad, Hey pop, you know, I kind of feel like you've been taking care of mom a lot. Is that true? And he said, yes, you know, it was. And I said, well, do you kind of want some help? Do you want me to help you? Like just sort of manage the whole situation. And he said, yes, so fast. I was like, "Uh, okay. And I had no idea what I was getting into, but I said, you got it done. And there, and we were off and running. So, you know, like so many of us, I just jumped in because that's what you do. You take care of people who took care of you and mm-hmm. your loved ones. Um, and that's where the journey began. And it was an interesting one for me because I didn't really get along with my mom really well. So it was a life changer for me. You know, that's a really common scenario. It is. And that's one of the reasons that I promised myself that I would get the word out because I had to really go through a lot of self-awareness and life-changing challenges to be the best caregiver I could be. And I just promised myself that when it was over, I would share whatever I learned and things I survived with other caregivers because I thought it was really important to share my story. Absolutely. Wow. So you find yourself caregiving for your parents. What was the first thing that you did when you returned back home from your trip to Florida? Well, the the thing that was interesting is that due to the fact that my dad was sick there, you know, I sort of had to pick the ball up immediately because he couldn't, and my mom couldn't do it. It was obvious. So I sort of had to help him sort of get everything together and get medications and, and, and medical records. And I remember the beginning of the, I remember I can still feel and see myself pacing in my, cause I pace when I went on the phone as so many of us do pacing in my sister's bedroom trying to get the medical records sent to their primary care doctor in South Jersey. And I was shocked at what a big ordeal it was. I could not believe the issues I was having with the healthcare system, not only urgent care in Florida, but my parents' primary care like they couldn't get the facts, they didn't have the records, they didn't see it, they didn't understand them. I mean, I was like oh my God, what is this? Little did I know that that's the normal situation, that it's an extraordinary dealing with the healthcare system and doctors and hospitals is just challenging. And it was the beginning. It was the the first time I realized that maybe this wasn't going to be the piece of cake I thought it was going to be. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed that you thought it was going to be a piece of case, cake in the first place. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a control freak, you know, I'm an A, a type personality, you know, I can control sure. this, I can take over in this, I got this. And therein lies the first, and this is to new caregivers, therein lies the first, not mistake, but the first challenge that you may have that you really need to be aware of. A, you can't do it all. You can't do it all at once and you can't do it by yourself. And there is nothing wrong with you. (laughs) This is an overwhelming, intense, big, 
journey and you have to be really mindful about it and understand you don't have to be super people and you don't have to do it all at once. You have to get your balance and you have to ease into it. Um, and I'm going to carry on about this a little bit because I, I talk to so many caregivers that are thrown into the caregiving situation and turn to me and go, oh my God, what do I do first? And I say, the first thing you do is breathe. And the second thing you do is just show up. You can't know what you need to do all at once. There's a learning right. curve coming at you. There's a curveball coming at you. And just relax show up. You got this. You're going to figure it out, but you're not going to figure it out right away. That is such good advice because I think that in any situation, don't we all want to feel like we're in control? Sure. And when things start to spin out of control, it can make us a little crazy and we can start to feel and and behave in an o overwhelmed fashion. And I love the message about just breathe because really that is the first step. Breathe and get your bearings about you. And I'm curious, did your parents have any pre-planning in place? Did they have an estate plan and had they figured out what they wanted in their later years or was this just something that had to be handled all at once? No, you know, my mom, God bless her. I've learned so much about my mom. I mean, she was the boss. She handled everything. They had their wills together. They had their healthcare proxies. Um, they had a lot of their uh, wishes written, you know, written down. They had, they had quite a few documents in order. What I had to sort of work through and, and kind of not struggle with, well, I did have to struggle because she gave me a really hard time about, she was a piece of work, <laughs> my mom, was, you know, a uh, power of attorney. And I had an issue with uh, medical power of attorney, which we can talk about if we get to today. If, if not, we can talk about it some other time. But um, so there were certain things that I had to sort of ease into as far as uh, the financial power of attorney and, and healthcare power of attorney. But in general, I was really blessed because they had um, their healthcare proxy, they had their wishes, they had their wills, and she really had them set up you know, a good foundation for me to jump off of. That's really important. You know, we just did a complete series on elder law. Uh, and if those of you listening have not listened to that, please do yourself a favor, go back to episode 10, listen all the way through episode 14. No episode is longer than about 35 minutes or so. It's worth the investment of time just to understand the pieces that we were just talking about and understand where to begin. So I encourage everybody to do that because I think that I know my experience has been on both sides. My mother did not have pieces in place. My mother and father-in-law did. And the caregiving experience on both sides of that coin were so very different. Mm. Um, there was a lot more stress as it relates to what to do and how to get through things and, and getting permission and signatures and all kinds of things on my mom's side. Whereas on my father-in-law's side, it was all spelled out. And so mm. it was really just about the caregiving and loving on him. And I wish that my mom didn't have to have that kind of stress surrounding her last years because there was no plan in place. Exactly. And and it's stress for both the parents or the people that you care for and then stress for 
the caregiver because you know if if you mm -hmm. have a relationship and I'm going to encourage everyone to go and listen to that because I'm going to tell you a very quick story in a moment but when you have someone who has a very hard time relinquishing control like my mom did mm -hmm. and they do get in the throes of dementia it can be really painful for everyone involved. I mean, my mom was not happy having me help her. So right. to get her to sign a power of attorney, you know, it was a real struggle for me. And I had to do it in degrees and I had to be really patient and I had to really persevere and I had to be really gentle, but persistent. And I mean, it really stressed me out. I mean, it was something that was mm -hmm. really on my mind all the time until I figured it out. So the, the sooner you have the conversation, the sooner you can get people to sit down and get the documents in order, the better. And just a very brief story. And here I am, miss getting all the documents together. And my dad died in July. His, his anniversary is coming up shortly. And my mom collapsed after the lunch, um, luncheon that we had after his funeral. And I couldn't get her to go. She wouldn't go with the um, ambulance staff the first day. And I had to get a nurse the second day to come. And she said, oh, yeah, you got to call 911. Stuff is going on here. And the ambulance came. And my mom said she was fine. And the, the I had uh, two EMS people, uh, a man and a woman. And the man said to me, well, she's telling me she's fine. I can't take her. And I said, oh, he says, do you have any paperwork? And I said, of course, I have my power of attorney. So I handed over to him and he said, this is a financial power of attorney. This is not a healthcare power of attorney. I'm not taking her. Oh, no. And of course, you know, Miss Caregiver Warrior was speechless and tried to argue, but of, indeed he was correct. So... Thank goodness, through power greater than myself and my mother's best friend and a lot of angels, we finally got her to say, okay, I'll go and, and just let them see what they think my condition is. And the young woman, who was an EMS person, said, that's all I need to hear. We're taking her. So the moral of the story is you never know who you're going to get. And that guy was not going to help me. And he was not going to bend. And I did not have the proper paperwork. Wow. That is the best testimonial I've heard about why it's so important to have the right documents, because a lot of things we can put into place, you know, you find forms online and you think you can just go take the easy way out and the quick route. Um, it's really not best to do that. And you just displayed exactly why. Absolutely. And listen, I, you know, I thought I had all my, you know, I's dotted, my T's crossed, and I did. I had a tremendous amount of documents in order, but I just, I missed that one because I got so involved so quickly. Do you know what I mean? So please mm -hmm. go back, everybody, and listen to all those other episodes and get your ducks in a row. It's so much easier. And, you know, I mean, I could have been in real trouble. My mom, my mom could have suffered a lot more than she did had I not mm -hmm. gotten her into the hospital then, you know? Right. Wow. Yeah. So what was your favorite part about caregiving? We often talk about the stress involved, mm. and there's a lot of that, but there are also really beautiful moments too. 
Oh my gosh. You know, I've got to tell you, there are so many and immediately what comes to mind is a hug my dad gave me. I can still to this day get teary eyed. You know, he was very appreciative and he was a really great guy. And actually my relationship with him got even better. We got even closer and I I had wonderful times with him, but I was leaving to go, you know, I was driving because I commuted for a while and I went to get back in the car and he just gave me the biggest hug. And he said to me, you are amazing. He said, thank you so much for everything you do for us. You are just the most special kid. Thank you so much. And I love you so much. You know, and I can still feel that hug. And I think that's one of my favorite memories and one of the amazing things that comes out of choosing, you know, to take care of someone you love. It's just the greatest gift that you get, get so much out of it. And other gifts for me was my relationship with my mom. I completely healed my relationship with my mother. When my mom, it was amazing. When my mom passed, my mom and her deathbed told me how wonderful I was. She told me exactly what I had wanted to hear all of my life. And it was unexpected and I didn't ask for it. And it was just so beautiful. We forgave each other. I forgave her and we had the best relationship. And I will tell you that I can't even remember. I don't have and have I don't have any bad memories of my mom anymore. And she was oh, a piece that's of work. Wonderful. And that and, and that's that's the gift. I mean, that's why I tell everyone, please do it. It show up. Be there. Hang in there. Because the serenity and peace and blessings you are going to get are just magnificent. That's a great story. So were you a caregiver that was living with your parents or did you have different homes and do the caregiving that way? We had different homes for everyone that I've, cared, I was, I've been taken care of. We had different homes. It worked out. I had a, I mean, it was hard for me because I was in New York and they were in South Jersey. So I had a 90 minute commute either way. So I commuted every weekend. Um, I worked full time and then commuted every weekend for about four years, but it worked out. You know, it was, it was, we were able to do it. My dad was able to do it and I had a great team. So they were independent pretty much up until about seven weeks towards the end of their lives. Hmm. You know, caregivers come in so many different forms and I often talk to people who maybe they live in a different state from their parents, but they handle the logistics Mm -hmm. of everything Mm -hmm. and they don't view themselves as a caregiver. And I always tell them, oh, yes, you most certainly are a caregiver. You are carrying the stress of of the well-being of another human being. And that is quite a stress and what a job and what a blessing that they have you to do that. So caregivers come in all sorts of shapes and forms. You might live there with them. You might live in the same city or at least in close proximity like you did, or you might be states away and just be handling the financial end and the logistics of everything. Um, But caregivers of all kinds are a wonderful thing and, you know, should feel like that what they're doing is worthy. Absolutely. And I, and I think the thing that's interesting is that I think commute, you know, people who are long distance caregivers have a certain type of stress. In other words, 
because we all worry, you know, as we're caregiving, I, I call it like sort of the, the, the river of fear that kind of runs underneath everything we do but then that never leaves you. You know, you're always worried about the next shoe that's going to drop, the next health crisis. And I think that long distance caregivers have a certain type, you know, because they're always worried about when they're not in the room where it happens, you know, and then right. I think caregivers who live um, with the people they care for, they have a different type of stress because they're with a constant sort of a constant every moment sort of intense challenge of living with someone. So I think the stress, I think the stresses are equal, absolutely equal. I just think they have sort of a different quality to them. So the bottom line of it is, is, you know, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no race. <laughs> there's no, there's no goal at the end with an award. You know what I mean? If, right. you, if you are caring for someone that you love, even if you're a professional and you're caring for someone, you know, and, and you're empathetic and compassionate, you're worried and you're stressed and no one's journey is any more difficult than anyone's. It depends on your personality and makeup and, and, and how much self care you really plug into. Um, because if you don't do radical self care, no matter what type of caregiver you are, you're eligible for burnout. <laughs> I am so glad that you brought that up because that is probably the most important point that we will make today, that self-care is so vital. So while you were in the throes of caregiving, and you know, you mentioned um, the others that you cared for. Who else did you care for besides your parents? I had another family member that um, I cared for that I was the secondary caregiver, someone who had uh, cirrhosis of the liver and um, had a very painful journey and, and, and a rather beautiful hospice situation. Um, but that too is a commute situation. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, and again, burnout was, you know, a potential and is a potential in any caregiving scenario, no matter what the challenge is. So just to talk about that for a minute, I definitely hit a wall. I, I hit a, a wall very early in my caregiving and thank God I had other caregivers that I was able to tap into because I knew I had other friends that were caregiving. So mm -hmm. just briefly what happened for me is I, you know, I was doing it all myself. I, I was trying to do it all. I was trying to do it immediately. I was trying to fix everything. And I just woke up. I was, I was staying at my parents and I woke up one Sunday morning and I literally, I was literally shaking. I woke up in Aww. such a panic attack I mean, just, I, I just thought I was going to die that I, and that my parents were going to die and that I, I, I wasn't going to be able to take care of them. And I was, I just, it, I couldn't do it. And oh my God, I just felt like the world was going to end. And I mean, I, I, I literally was set, sitting on the bed shaking and I did probably one of the smartest things I've ever done in my life. And I think it was a little gift from heaven. I picked up the phone and I called another caregiver warrior who proceeded to tell me to do everything I had to do because my parents at that time, you know, were pretty self-sufficient. I mean, I, you know, I was doing the shopping and doing the medications and setting things up, but to do everything that I could possibly do and get out. <laughs> that was, was really good advice. And I was like, what? And she said, 
tell them you got to leave early for the because there's traffic and get in the car and go home. And I was like, she said, I don't, don't argue with me. Just try it. And I told my parents, I said, guys, you know, I had, you know, I took care of everything. You know, it took me hours, but I took care of everything. And I said, would you mind if I left a little early today for the traffic? Oh, no, no, no. That would be great. We don't want to worry about you. Great. Why don't you leave? And I am telling you, I got in the car. I hit like exit four on the New Jersey Turnpike and my whole body Calm down. I felt such a sense of relief. And I thought to myself, oh my God, I would have never thought to do that, but I had to get out of there. And it was safe to do it. And it was the best advice. And I took it and I reached out and it saved me. And from that moment on, I said, okay, I need to make a change. I need to start reaching out and getting more help and trying to find out what I can do before I get that burnt out. And that really started me on a journey of self-awareness, which I recommend to every caregiver. You must take your emotional temperature every day. Don't let it get that bad. Check in with yourself. How do I feel? What's going on? Am I short-tempered? Am I hungry? I have a great little thing for you to do. I call it the halt process. You halt if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Halt. If you're hungry, eat. If you're angry, find a good way to process it. If you're lonely, socialize. If you're tired, get some sleep. Real simple. Check yourself out and then halt. Stop and take care of yourself. Wow. That is really impactful. Thank you. I absolutely love that. It works. So what, what were your go-to things that you did for yourself when you found that you needed that break? You know, it was a trial and error. Um, it was a bunch of everything. I, I kind of call it my toolbox and I think everybody should try everything until they can figure out what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I went from bad things. I understand like, that very much. Right? You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> yes. I went from like bad things to ch- from like chocolate <laughs> to like, you know, videos of Sophie Rolls Down the Hill. That's one of my favorite. Check it out. Um to meditation, to calling other caregivers. Um, I think joining caregiving groups. I found a therapist. I spent a lot of time on the phone. I did a lot of exercising. I changed my diet. I mean, I, I have a toolbox of so many things. And sometimes I had to go through like 19 of the things until the 20th kind of got me to breathe and take it easy. You know, I mean, just, you know, getting outside, walking in the hallway, walking around the block, breathing, taking a hot bath. I mean, just when you take your emotional temperature and you feel like you're going to explode or you're uptight, know you're allowed to take at least five minutes to sit in the quiet and figure out what it is you need to feel better. That's great advice. Really good advice. You know what? This is a great opportunity for us to talk a bit about your website because you have a terrific website with a wonderful blog that I want my listeners to know about. So will you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. It's called Caregiver Warrior and you can Google me and I pop up. Thank goodness Google likes me. 
Um, I also, huh? and I'll put that in the show <laughs> notes too. They'll, I'll put a link so people can find you easily. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. And you can find me on t- uh, Twitter. I do a weapon of the day every day. And, um, I started my blog because I, I just, I wanted to share things that helped me. I just wanted to share my experience, strength and hope and tell people how I, coped with things. So I blog about everything. I blog about anger. I blog about guilt. I blog about my mom. I blog about crying. I blog about grief. And it's whatever sort of strikes me or which I feel is something that maybe would help someone else because it's really difficult. And I think that so often we think we're feeling things that we shouldn't be feeling. And I just want to put everything out there in my blog to let everybody know Whatever you're feeling, it's legitimate. So it's just my personal take on my emotions and everything I went through as I cared for everybody and what helped me get through and survived with empowerment and grace. It's a terrific website. I've been through there and and reading a lot of your blog posts. And I think you really hit the mark because a lot of the resources that are out there, me, for instance, my resources, let me tell you where to find things. Let me try to educate you about things and get you on the path to good information. But you're hitting such a personal place for people. You are helping people to own and embrace the journey and to understand that they're not alone. You're, you're hitting that really emotional side of the whole caregiving journey. Well, thank you. Cause that's the mission, you know, and, and I, you know, and I can't do the work you do because it overwhelms me, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm not, it's not, I'm, I'm not capable of, of, of giving that kind of information. What I, what I can share is, you know, how I felt when my mom was sitting on the tub and I had gotten her out of the shower and she burst into tears and just said to me, it's so hard for me to let you help me, you know, and, and, and what that did to me and how devastated that made me feel. Cause she, she was like in the throes of dementia. So that came from such a deep place inside of her to be able to actually express that to me, the pain wow. she was in and the heartbreak. So, you know, I, I, I want to blog about that, that, you know, it's such an emotional, heartbreaking experience Yet it's such a miraculous opportunity to, you know, figure out things about yourself and about the people that you love and those relationships, you know, I mean, it's, it's life changing. So I can talk about that, um, and get real about that. And then hopefully people, you know, one person at a time, maybe I could help, you know, if you, if I throw a pebble in a pond, maybe the ripple will hit somebody else and maybe do something and someone else can be more comfortable with what they're going through, you know? And I love your weapons of the day, by the way. And just so our listeners know, I'm going to make sure that I provide all of the links to reach Suzanne, her social media, her blog and website. All of those things will be available in the show notes so that you can connect with her on your own. You'll be glad you did. She provides a lot of really great stuff in those avenues. So before we finish, do you have any favorite resources, whether that's websites, books, videos, things that you can point listeners to that they might want to take advantage of? You know, the, uh, you, (laughs) I think think you have an incredible resource and I think that's really important and it, 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 it will take so much 
off the uh, so much fear away for everybody if they can you know because it's really because information is power and I think it calms us all down. I think Alzheimer's organization was invaluable to to me mm-hmm. and to a lot of my friends and family um, because they can because it's it's you know statewide it's citywide and they're just an incredible source of information. The Dole Foundation uh, for Veterans um, those two organizations are really quite amazing and I think. For me, you know, any kind of spiritual path or books that you can have the time to read or get into yoga and breathing exercises, any of those things that you can find that you personally can relate to, I think are are wonderful sources and, and resources. I think I encourage people to use Google and use YouTube. You know, there's wonderful meditate, you know, guided meditations and yoga and exercise videos. And I think that you know, and cat videos. I think cat videos have a, a great, um, <laughs> <laughs> great value. I love um, cat, cats and babies and cats dogs. Cats and babies and dogs and horses, you know. So, I mean, you know, just, just anything that, that can make you laugh and, um, and help you to relax. I think, you know, that works for you. I think go for it and allow yourself to enjoy them. I think that's, that's the key. I think that's a great message for us to leave on. Suzanne, thank you so much for joining me today. I can think of a million topics that I'd like to have you back to discuss further. So I hope we can do this again. Oh, it's been terrific. And thank you so much for your work. And I love all your listen all my love to all your listeners. And I'm available anytime. I just love doing this. So thank you for having me. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you found value in today's conversation, I sure would appreciate it if you would click subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. I'm sure you know somebody who could benefit from the message that we shared today. And if you have topic ideas that you'd like for us to cover, we want to hear from you. So drop us a line at info at sageaging.us. Check back next week. Every Tuesday, we put out a brand new episode for you. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.